Morning. So, I let Billy use my Bible, and I wanted to catch him for I had to chase him all the way across the stage. So, obviously, the big thing here this morning is Ernesto's not here. So, um, Nick, if you want to go ahead and put it up. Um, Ernesto is on mission, and he's there with a couple guys from The Rock, and this is him doing their Sunday service this morning in the location that they're at. So, this is his hello, and... uh, we need to pray for him this week. So, in fact, uh, why don't we pray for him right now? So, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just thank you that we're able to have our reach in the city and beyond, Lord. And I just pray that uh, you will give your protection to these men on this mission trip, Lord. Protection like you gave David when Saul was after him and his son Absalom, Lord. Just keep him from harm, keep him from illness. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll just do something amazing there this week, Lord. And I pray that you will help them to be an encouragement to the pastors that are there and that work there every day, Lord. And I pray that in turn, uh, like always happens, Lord, that they will also be an encouragement to our men that are there, Lord. And just be with them and, and show your hand this week there, Lord. And we ask this in your sweet and precious name. Amen. So... Pray for them this week. Um, they got there yesterday, good and safe. And uh, yeah, so so in our readings this week, uh, whether you did it uh, with the Bible itself or whether you were on the Dwell app, um, was the book of Numbers. A little easier than the book of Leviticus, right? So no, it wasn't? Okay. There, there was a lot of numbers. There was a lot of still talking about peace offerings and, and what animals to use and things of that. So, but um, we're going to be in the book of Numbers today, but I want to kind of just talk about for a second how we got where we are into the book of Numbers. Um, it started way back uh, with Abraham, right? And God made a covenant with him to give him the land, and he showed him the land that he was going to give them, and he was going to make a nation through him, and he was going to be a blessing to all nations, right? So that's that's where this started on this path of God trying to restore a relationship between us and him. And then we moved on to Jacob. And Jacob at first said that it's the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. But after he, Jacob wrestled with God, then it became the God of Jacob, right? And God reaffirmed that promise of making a great nation with him. And then we know the story of Joseph We know 70 family members from Jacob moved into Egypt. And that 70 people in the time there turned into hundreds of thousands. By the time they left Egypt, by the time Moses took them out, they said that there was 600,000 men. That's not women. That's not children. That was the men, right? That's that's a lot of growth. That's that's a big nation. That's in that time back, uh, back then. So they flee, and they get out of Egypt's grasp, and Moses brings them to Mount Sinai. And then we get the covenant with Moses and with the people. And with that covenant, God says that I will be your God and you will be my people. And Israel agrees to obey by all those laws. So now God has brought them out, 
and God has given them the law to follow. And then we get into Leviticus, like we, we were talking last week, and it gives us everything for sacrifices, everything for uh, when you commit a sin against God or another person, how to handle that, what to offer to the priest uh, for sacrifice for that. But also, and this is a huge thing, God gave instruction for building the tent of meeting where God himself would dwell with the people of Israel. And I was thinking about that this week, and it's, that's a pretty special thing. God loves us, and God, when he created Adam and Eve, if, if you read back in Genesis, God took animals to Adam just to see what Adam would name them. Like, like it, it was a wonder to God to get to see what Adam, what are you going to call this one? Well, what are you going to call this one, right? So he's interested in our lives. He wants to be a part of all that. And now here he is. He's back in the center of the camp of his chosen people. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. So then we come to the book of Numbers. And we're going to spend our time in Numbers 14 today. But in the chapters leading up to that, God instructs for each of the clans of the tribes of Israel to assign a leader, tells them where to camp in position because the tent of meeting is in the center, and he strategically said, Judah, you're going to be to the north. And he, he told each where to camp. And then enlisted every male 20 years and over. So anyone 20 years and over they were part of the army of each one of those clans. And the number, when it totals up, was 603,550 ready to fight and, and to protect. Um, so that's, that leads us up into where we get into Numbers 13 and number 14. God's put everything in place. Everything that he needs to give them the land that he's promised, it's there, it's ready to go. And... So we get to Numbers 13, and, and this is where the spies are sent in to the promised land to give a report. And I don't have the words, Nick, but I'm, I'm going to read it because there's only a few verses that I wanted to read with this. Um, so we're going to start in Numbers 13, verses 1. And it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. So he's telling Moses, I'm giving you this land. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So the leaders that we just talked about. All those leaders were going to be sent to go look into the land. And it says, So Moses sent them <clears throat> from the wilderness of Paran, according to the commandment of the Lord, all of the men who were the heads of the people of Israel. So Moses sends them, go take a look, tell us what you think. Right? And so I'm just going to skip to the end of the chapter. And this is when they come back. And so I'm going to start in verse 30. And it says, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. So Caleb says, Man, let's go. We can do this. Then the men had, who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought this report to the people of Israel. And how often does the bad report become bigger than the good report, right? So the people of Israel, they were listening to the ten guys and not the two guys. 
And that brings us into chapter 14. And, that, and that's where we're going to sit today and, uh, and, and see how all of this plays out. So um, chapter 14, verse 1. Then all of the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, What would we had died in the land of Egypt, or had that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by our sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So the first point that, that I want to talk about here is how the people reacted. They, they were grumbling. They were complaining. They were like, man, let's just go back to Egypt. We had it better there. And they also did this in chapter 11. In chapter 11, they wanted meat. And they were grumbling then. And so with Israel, they kind of forgot what God had already done for them, right? I mean, imagine like, imagine these side past these pillars, there's just water holding and, and we're just walking through, right? I mean, just imagine that for a second. These people that are complaining, they watched God do that, and they walked through that. You know, they might have been waving at fish while they were, you know, I don't, I don't know. But they saw some powerful things, and, and they forgot. Um, and what they chose, they chose not to go with what the Lord wanted them to do. And the Lord had already said, I'm giving this to you. So the first point that I want to show that the people did here uh, is they rebelled against God. And rebellion is a choice. They had the choice from right here in this passage. They, they could have decided to go and do what God wanted them to do. He's seen what they had done. Just imagine like 603,550 people in the army. That's not... The old people, sorry if I said that. Um, it's not people under the age of 20. It's not women. And every morning they would go to bed and they would wake up and walk out their tent. And you know what there was? Food. God was feeding over a million, probably over a million people. Every morning when they got up, their, their food was there. He was taking care of them. They're, they're, they were living all of this, but because they heard the men say, we can't beat the people that are living in that land. They decided to go with them. So rebellion's a choice, and instead of choosing what God wants them to do, they chose their will, right? So we, we see this is kind of the first thing uh, of, of Israel um, not really putting their full trust in God, right? So then we'll read on um, after verse 4. Starting in verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. In the Old Testament, when, when someone tears their clothes, it, it means that either deep sorrow or deep repentance um, of, of what just had happened. And, and the people are just sitting there saying, let's go, let's get a leader and let, let's go back to Egypt. 
and just have forgotten everything that God has done. So they tore their clothes. And then they said to the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. So there it is. Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. For their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So we have Moses, we have Aaron, we have Joshua, and we have Caleb. And they're begging them, like, do you not remember all the things that God's done? Do you not see how he provides food for us every day? We can do this because we have God. So literally, they're trying to change their mind, right? They're, they're trying to get this congregation to see we have God. And with God, if he wants to have that land, we're going to have that land, right? With, when God asked them to go do this, and I'm going to reference something that I do with my kids, um, God could have just wiped everybody out of that land if he wanted to, Right? He could have just let him walk in and have it. He knew what his plan was. He knew what he was going to do with them. But he wanted to see their response, to see if Israel is his, if, if he's their God, if God is over them, right? So it was a test. So he's, he sets out this test, and they failed the test. With my kids, um, I'll stumble into finding out something that they did or something that they're doing right at that moment. And I'll go to them and I'll ask them a question, right? And I already know the answer to the question before I ask them. I want to see, just like God did here, I want to see what their response is. I want to see if they're going to choose to tell the truth, to be truthful, or if it's going to go on. And if they don't give me the truth, then I'll say, you know, kind of like the game show, is that your final answer? You know, is that, is that, is that, is this what you want to stick with? And, and then usually they'll stick with it, right? Because they're going to hold their guns. And then I'll say, okay, you know, I'm asking you if that's what you want to stick with because I already know the answer to what I'm asking you. And then usually then they cough it up and, and, uh, and we deal with the aftermath of that. But that's what God's doing here. He's testing them. He wants them he wanted them to go in, and if they saw they couldn't do it on their own, they, he wanted them to say, okay, I can't do it on my own, but I can with God. That's what he was after. And, and they, instead, they said, no, we're not doing this. Let's just go. We want to go. So the second point that I wanted to bring up um, from this is that uh, the first point is rebellion is a choice, right? They had the choice to do one or the other. The second point is rebellion is a lack of faith. They didn't put their trust in God for God to do what he was ready to do. It, it was all lined up. The, the ball was teed up, you know, and they were the Chicago White Sox, and they just swung and missed the whole ball. <laughs> but I'm going to opening, oh, no, okay. I'm going to opening day this weekend against the White Sox, so um, little little jab to someone out there. But... Uh, at any rate, um, so that is where they're at. They, they didn't put their trust in God. They're, they're, 
have a lack of faith. Joshua and Caleb showed their faith. They said, let's go, right? And that's, that's where God wanted all of them to be. And so Israel doesn't trust God to deliver. Um, I want to go over to the book of Proverbs in chapter 3. And there's a, there's a good verse here for us to take, and he will make your path straight. This is what God wanted Israel to do. It's what he wants us to do. Um, verse 7, I, be not wise in your own eyes. I know there's more to the verse, but that's what Israel did. They decided to be wise in their own eyes. And instead of following and doing what God had laid out for them, you know, they chose to do their own thing. So they had a lack of faith. They had a lack of trust. And then over in Hebrews um, chapter 11, which is talking about men of faith, and in particular just before the verse I'm going to read, it's talking about Enoch. And it just kind of ties in with everything that, that we're doing here. So we're going to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, meaning God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So obviously that's New Testament, but that was also written for Hebrews, but it, it, it completely applies to this situation. If they had done that, they wouldn't be having God uh, upset with them at all. And, uh, and, it, and that's for us today too, is for us to put our faith and to seek him and that he will draw close. So, so we see a, they didn't make the choice to follow God. They had a lack of faith in not trusting God. And then we see what happens because of that. Because in the Old Testament, that's how it, that's how it usually goes for Israel. They cry out and complain, and they don't follow what God wants them to do, and then there's a cost. So we're going to go down in uh, chapter 14 to verse 26, and this is kind of what, what's happened here is um, God has said, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of everyone, and I'm going to start everything over with you, Moses. And I believe this was a test right here of God with Moses. Moses was, God was trying to see now, let's see where Moses' faith is with this. And Moses asked God to not do that. And um, God ends up saying, okay, I'm not going to do it, but this is what I'm going to do. And that's, here we are in verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron saying, how long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? So he's like, all they do is complain. I give them food every day. I brought them out of Egypt. I'm getting ready to give them this land. And all they're doing is complaining, right? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me, say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do. And that, that's the conversation of Moses saying, you know, please don't, don't, don't take everybody out. Um, it says, Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, 
and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become a prey, I will bring in, and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead body shall fall in the wilderness. So, with the rebellion, they made a choice not to follow God. They, they had a lack of faith and not trusting in God to do that. And now it comes with a cost. All of those people, 20 years and older, that have seen everything that God has done, they are not going to get to go into the promised land. And instead of being able to walk right in and take that over, which when they went in and spied, they brought back grapes, pomegranates. Everything was at harvest time. So even when God was going to take them in there, it was also going to be at the time when the land was bearing everything to them. You know, and now instead, God said, oh no, we're not going that way. We're going to go by the way of the Red Sea and by the way of Jericho. So they don't get to enter. And this is important for us to realize today. You know, we brought up those verses that, that to let God direct your path. And if we're not doing those things, there can be a cost, even with us today. What God wanted from Israel back then, it's what he wants from us. It, that hasn't changed, you know. So we need to look at this, and, and that's what, what we can learn from this. You know, God wants the same relationship with us that he wanted with Israel back then. He wants that personal relationship. He wants to, to have the ability to help us decide what we're going to do and where we're going to go. And back then, in this scripture, God was there with them, and God was talking through Moses and talking through Aaron. Today, we have the Holy Spirit, right? So when you ask Jesus to come in your heart and you, you ask um, that, that you want to follow him, you receive the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit is in your heart. And that Holy Spirit will guide you. It'll convict you of things that he wants you to stop doing. And I'll give you a silly example. I told you I'm going to the ball game this, this week. We're going with a couple of guys here from church. And I got a good friend that we, we go to ball games together. And every time that we would go to a ball game, he would take $20 in $1 bills. And as we walked into the stadium and as the panhandlers were sitting there, his goal was to hand out that $20 every game. And he changed my heart with this, right? I used to look at that, and I used to be one of those disgruntled people, you know, get a job, and I, I, my heart wasn't right with it at all. Um, but through my friend Brian and seeing what he did, the Holy Spirit put that on my heart, that I can't be that way. And now, when I'm at a corner, if I've got some change if I've got some dollars in my pocket. I don't have, I don't carry cash a lot, but if I do and the Lord puts it on my heart, I give that to him, you know? And it's, it's things like that. That's, that's a, a good example of what the Holy Spirit can do in your heart. And are you going to listen or are you going to rebel? And it's, it's a little thing, but there's going to be bigger things. And 
So that, that's kind of, kind of a little example. Um, one day we were given a couple guys a ride home from church, and we fell into this story. Remember, Billy? And, and I told them about that, and they wanted some soda drinks from the gas station, right? So we pulled in the gas station. They're going in, get their drinks, and right there, the Lord put it on my heart, buy their drinks. So I sent Owen in, and, and we did that. And it was because I was listening to the Holy Spirit, and I acted and did what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. So that's, that's kind of the, the story um, of this chapter. You know, Israel could have gone to the land of Canaan, but because of their decisions, because of their trust, there was a high cost. And the cost was not going in then, and the cost was a lot of them. Remember, there were 603,550 people in the army. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that were going to make it into that promised land. So this is something for us to look at. A lot of times the Old Testament is. A lot of these stories, we can see the truths and, and apply it to ourselves today. And, you know, we can, we can sit there and say, you know, well, God was right there. Why would they do that? You know, why? How? If I was there, there's no way I would have done that, right? But... Guys, we got the Holy Spirit right here. And the Holy Spirit's doing that same thing. And it's guiding us and it's, it's telling us, do this, don't do this. You know, if, if the Holy Spirit puts someone in your thoughts that you haven't talked to in a long time, pick up the phone and call them. There might be a reason for it that you don't even know. You might say something in that conversation that you don't even know that's exactly what they needed. You know, and, and those, that's, that's the whole idea is to try and seek. And that's one of the ways that you seek when, when the Holy Spirit talks to you and wants you to do something. Are you going to rebel and not do it? Or are you going to do it and go forward with it? Right? It's, it, it's what this, this lesson is all about. You know, God loves us today as much as he did Israel back then. He wants that relationship with us. So... Um, Matthew 6.33, you know, it says, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? Seek ye first. Like, it's a common verse that we know. We've heard it a lot. But are we doing it? Are, are, we, are we seeking him? You know, that's where the key is for this. So um, I hope this encourages some of you. Um, I know it did me when I, when I was going through and looking at this. And, and uh, um, grumbling is a bad thing. Like, um, the first year, 2016 in November, Ernesto took some of us and we went to a um, conference in Chicago. And we stayed at this hotel. And Ricky will remember, they said they had breakfast. We went down that morning for breakfast. We didn't just have breakfast. Okay. We had a personal chef, right? Like, I was like, this is what, it, this is what the 1% live like, right? It was, you went down there, and, and you told him what you wanted, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you got ham? Yep, I got ham. I'm like, okay. You, you got sausage? Yeah, I got sausage. I'm like, you got bacon? He's like, yeah, I got bacon. I'm like, how about mushrooms, peppers, breakfast potatoes? He's like, you tell me what you want, and I'm going to make it. I'm like, cheese? He's like, which kind of cheese do you want? I'm like, oh, you know, right? And, 
it was the best breakfast I ever had. And, and I was always like the first one up. So I would go eat, and I would get this nice big laid out breakfast, and I'd go read my Bible and check on stuff at home and stuff for the day. And then the guys would come back down, and then I would go at it again, right? <laughs> but Ricky and my line, was, was it phenomenal? It was phenomenal. Well, last year, we went back to the same place. And we're checking in, and I'm looking over there. I'm like, there it is right there, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning came. I got up before everybody. I went down there, and because of COVID, no chef. I grumbled the whole week, right? <laughs> so I'm like, man, I wanted my special omelet. I was looking so forward to it. And they still had really good food, Ricky, right? That, that buffet, it was, they, they had scrambled eggs mixed with bacon and sausage and a whole spread of everything else that was there. It was still a really above-average, really good breakfast. But that just kind of shows you what Israel was doing. They were, they were not being thankful for what God was doing for them and for what he was providing. And thankfulness changes a lot of things. And so I know it's a silly story, but, you know, I shouldn't have been that way. I, I should have been more than happy with whatever breakfast was there when I walked down that day. And if we do that and if we seek him, then we're not going to fall into some of these things that can cost us for, for when God's talking to us and, and we're not listening. So I hope that encourages you. Let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this lesson today, Lord. We, we thank you for showing us how much you love us, how much of a relationship that you want to have with us, Lord, and how much of it is on us, Lord, to seek you and to listen to you, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that, uh, that I'll get better at this, Lord. And, and, I, and I pray that we'll grow closer together, Lord. And, and I pray that this will encourage others today to do that as well. And uh, we just thank you for this time and that we're able to gather together. And we ask this in your name. Amen.